This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. It is uh, October. 23rd 2021 and we have a very special guest uh, with us today Miss Angela Pendleton. Uh, Angela uh, is a friend and former colleague of mine from way back in Las Vegas. Um, Our first I think both of our first teaching positions were out there and um, we are uh, really excited to be able to to talk uh, and kind of get things going um, with the podcast today. Um, Angela uh, is teaching in Rockwall ISD in Texas. This is her 21st year teaching, and she has been with uh, Rockwall for 11 years, Uh, previously worked in Dallas ISD as the head director at Woodrow Wilson High School and J.L. Long Middle School for eight years. And she is, uh, and she began her teaching uh, career, like I had said, in the Clark County School District out in Las Vegas uh, in 2000. Uh, she pro- taught private violin and viola for 10 years and performed with various church and community orchestras since 2011, um, and both on violin and viola. And she's originally from Oklahoma City, holds a bachelor's uh, in music education from the University of Central Oklahoma and a bachelor uh, in mass communication from Oklahoma City University, which I did not know that you had two bachelor's degrees. Yeah. And uh, Angela is um, uh, has a, a dachshund named Bailey and enjoys movies, local movies, and music performance, kayaking um, in uh, her neighborhood. So uh, welcome, Angela, to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to talk to you again. Absolutely. It's been a while. I know we've had some, you know, brief uh, interactions on Facebook and whatnot. Um, but when we had, uh, we talked about a little bit about, I don't know if it was technology or what it might've been. Um, we just said, I said, well, let's, let's bring you on the podcast and uh, give, give our teachers uh, to get to know you a little bit and what you've done. So um, thanks for being here. And uh, so how's, uh, I, I kind of talked about your background Um how how is it going for you uh, right now? Um, you're you're teaching at at the in, in high school or middle school right now. I'm in a middle school right okay. now. Um, I just I, I am a big person on balance of work and life, and mm-hmm. so um, this is a great way for me to help my kids out, um, and then also have a really good fun life in Rockwell. There you go. Yeah, uh, sometimes we lose that balance, 
And it's important to, that we keep that in mind all, all the time because um, yeah. it's just, it, like I said, it's just so easy to lose that. We're, we're so passionate about what we do and mm-hmm. dedicated um, to our profession and to our students that um, we, we sometimes forget about ourselves. Tell us a little bit about, um, besides, you know, teaching middle school, which, you know, it's, you, you, you are, are telling us that one of, one, of the, one of the things that you've done to help your uh, work-life balance. Well, what are some of the other things that you, that you do, some practices that you might have to talk about that work-life balance? Um, well, I think uh, I, being in Texas, we're in the Bible Belt, so uh, Christian activities and church are important. So that kind of takes your mind off things um, and centers you a little bit. Um, I also make sure that I stay in social contact with civic organizations that I'm a part of um, that keeps you involved. And usually on me, it's the music side of things. So mm-hmm. I will um, go to meetings and do social activities like that. That will help me um, throughout the year in my school life. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, how do you how do you go about drawing boundaries between, you know, well, I need to do this for work, but I really need a break. What are, do you have? Do you have any other practices like, or, or guidelines or, or, you know, rules of rules of your house or that you, that you go by that to kind of um, make those decisions? Because, you know, for, for a lot of, especially if you haven't been teaching a long time, it's, it's, you know, and you're on, or you're on your own and it's like, well, um, you know, maybe I don't have a family to go to, or maybe this or that. And I, I just, I'm just going to go to work. I'm just going to keep working. But how do yes. you, what, what do you do to kind of draw those, draw those lines and what are some of your practices? Um, I've picked this up in the last probably three or four years. Mm-hmm. If I can get the majority of my work done at school, I'm not the type to actually leave my laptop on my desk, but <laughs> I try to leave everything when I walk out the door. Um, I try to leave that and put it in a place where I can come back to it the next morning if needed. Um, I totally get that we do concerts and we do weekend things. Um, mm-hmm. But if I can, I try to put in my hours, do my after school rehearsal, and then I am free and clear. And you leave the building and you have your other part of your life. Right. There's nothing, nothing worse than working all day and knowing that you have a load of work to continue to do, whether it's emails or administrative things or making a program, there's all these, you know, things that we have to do. Um, there's nothing worse than knowing that you're going to be spending, you know, all night on it. And yeah. um, I've done kind of the same thing, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if it's not done, uh, there's tomorrow and it will get done. And when you have certain deadlines, you have to kind of go above and beyond, but at the same time, uh, it's all, a lot of it is about planning too, and just making sure that you, you know, know what, what's coming up and what you have to do uh, yes. to get that done, to meet those deadlines, whether it's, you know, a concert program, like I said, or fundraiser things or performances, right. and, you know, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rockwall has been very supportive. Um, they realize that we put in, um, a lot of time to make sure our programs are successful. And um, of course, the word self-care in the last few years has become a big, uh, big thing. And so I am really, I'm lucky all the way around when it comes to um, taking care of business when you're at school and taking care of your kids and their social emotional learning and all that. Mm -hmm. But they are actually very honest with us 
on Fridays, they'll send us an email saying, have a good weekend, relax, take care of yourself. And I hadn't heard that before um, until I came here. So um, we're we're pretty lucky with mm-hmm. the support side of it. And our parents are as well. Um, our parents, at least my parents, realize that I'm there for them when they need me. But on the weekends and on the evenings, uh, I'm not going to send them a bunch of emails. I'm not going to send them reminds. So they know they can have their family time as well without hearing from a bunch of teachers. Yeah, that's that's great. That's great. Yeah. So uh, Rockwall is w- where in Texas? Where is it? Where's the center or where is it um, near? We are about 45 minutes east of Dallas. East, so okay. um, it's considered the Dallas Metroplex. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last 10 years, it has changed dramatically. Um, years ago, it was country. Okay. <laughs> um, and they put in this lake, man-made lake called Lake Ray Hubbard, mm. and it became a lake community. When I got here in 2011, yeah, 2011, um, it was nice, but they were st- adding to the population. Mm-hmm. Now um, we are in the middle of asking for a five, $468 million bond wow. for the school district only to deal with our growth. And it's a 10 year plan, but it's overhauling our school district, like moving sixth grade into middle school, building on our middle schools so we can house them and then even creating ninth grade centers. So every open space that was in Rockwall is developing. And so it's not going to look the same in another 10 years. Yeah. It's booming right now. It is totally booming. And Dallas, it, it kind of comes out of Dallas in that, housing their landlocked. They can't do anything mm-hmm. except bulldoze a house and build a new one. And so people are moving out and Rockwall is a great community to do that. So, yeah. Um, but orchestra wise, everything seems to be booming. It's not just the school district. It's the programs within the school district. It's club teams. Mm-hmm. It's just every aspect of life. So it's a good place to be in right now. Yeah, that sounds exciting. It's it, yeah. it almost uh, reminds me of uh, Vegas uh, in the late yes. '90s when we were there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, every every year <laughs> new, new schools would open, and you'd build your program up, and then lose a third of the kids to a new school, and then build it up again, and two years later, yes. they're yeah yeah. That's a that's a great uh, it's it's a great place to be in though, and and it sounds um, like you know they're able to to develop it the, the way that they want to, yes. um, which is really nice. So, yes. and that's great. And then uh, h- how many classes do you have a day and how many students do you have each day? Well, we are traveling music teachers, except for the head directors at the high school. Mm. Um, each middle school and assistant at the high school maintain at least one elementary. Okay. Um, right now it's two. We finally hired another assistant for a um, middle school. I was at five schools last year wow. and it was challenging. And they finally opening new schools every year in our district, we needed a new person. So mm-hmm. um, we, I am at two elementaries that feed into my middle school. And so I don't lose my kids after a year. I get to keep them for three years and then bring them up to the high school. So there is a really strong pattern um, going from elementary to middle to high school. That's great. Um, And we're working really hard 
this last year on curriculum and also on recruiting and retention. And so there's a lot of intermingling of Mm -hmm. um, the staff, the students, of course, the high schoolers love to see us at their concerts and it's just amazing how they grow. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm trying to recognize our seniors from when I had them four years ago can be (laughs) challenging, but you know, it's fun to see. And um, at least with the Williams, my middle school and the cluster that I'm in, the majority of my kids are still there a senior year. And Great. when you, yeah, when you see kids going into music ed at the end of their high school career, it's like, wow, I did something good. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, I, it, it seems it's, like it's getting more and more difficult uh, to get students into education. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, we need so many we need so many, we need a lot of people to, to step up and do this, um, to continue because, yes. uh, you know, a lot of us are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, that in that retirement bit, but, um, yes. that's fantastic. Congrats on that. And you, Thank and you guys start in fifth grade or fourth grade or we started sixth grade. Sixth grade. We were fifth oh, sixth grade, grade elementary for you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We started fifth grade when I started 11 years ago and about, Three years ago, we phased it out because I think the district had the plan of moving sixth grade up eventually. Mm-hmm. So we're in a transition. Yeah. Um, but we were worried going from fifth grade. Um, how are we going to switch our curriculum to keep the kids at a high level, starting them in the sixth grade? And it worked out pretty well. And COVID happened. And <laughs> so it's. They're new normal, you know, right. we, um, we just adapt to what we need to. And I have been really happy with the kids that I have had. And I've been able to um, pivot that other word um, <laughs> into what, what the kids are needing. And I want to say our level is still up there. We just finished region honor orchestra auditions last weekend. And we're wondering how that was going to end up. Um, Last year, it was an online audition only, no concert or clinic, and they only did etudes. And we did okay, but it's hard to tell how you fare against the area school districts. And so this, this year, we had straight auditions back to normal, and we still fared pretty well. Great. So what we're doing seems to be working. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So uh, how would you say you fared, uh, you know, during and after the pandemic? I mean, obviously, we're still in it, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to see some good things. We just got a notice from our superintendent that our, our mask mandate uh, will be going away soon. Um, depend, you know, and it's also obviously dependent on numbers staying where they are. But um, right. when it gets below um, 1%, uh, then they're letting us go without that. And uh, as soon as the, um, the the vaccine for uh, ages five to eleven yeah. uh, kicks in, then uh, thirty days after that, then there will be no more mask mandate. Which exactly. you know, it's just really promising news, and um, it's just exciting to. I mean, I, I, I it's really hard conducting with the mask on. It's really hard to see your your kids' faces and yes. how they feel and you can only read so much through the eyes, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so how did I'm, you guys fare? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. We did. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, 
I wondered when I had remote kids in the fall, uh, some of them came back in the spring and we really talked about, uh, I am a co-director and the head director at the middle school, we talked about what should our program look like? Where should we place our kids for um, optimal learning and optimal success? And so we have three classes. Um, I do elementaries in the morning and then come to the middle school at noon and then teach afternoon classes, uh, three levels. We have a um, beginner and kind of a remote group that mm -hmm. were remote last year. Um, and so they have already surpassed where we thought they'd be at this point enough to put them on our fall concert next week. So Yay. that, yeah, <laughs> it, it's one of those that if they enjoy it, they're going to try their hardest and they do, they really do. Um, so yeah, we've, um, my middle group, I am in charge of the non-varsity UIL, which is university interscholastic league. It's our contest contest festival. Yeah. Assessment, whatever, <laughs> whatever you call it in your state, right? UIL. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, and so, I, you know, we have our goals for the year and I set out to have my middle schoolers, seventh and eighth grade, make sure they have a good understanding and grasp of key signatures and how to perform them. And so the reason I got in touch with you earlier was about finger patterns. That's right. And That's what it was. Yeah, coordinating mm -hmm. finger patterns along with key signatures and scales. So, so far they're enjoying what they're doing. And so... We'll know a lot more when we get to sight reading season in January, mm -hmm. what that really looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's a true test, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some um, fingerboard geography type uh, worksheets I'm about to put up on uh, my website on orchestrateacher.net. And they're basically, you know, your standard um, finger pattern type worksheets. But um, I've made one for each instrument for each key. So, oh, you know, key, awesome. key of C, okay, what finger pattern are you using on this finger string? And then I have them for cello and bass, which aren't finger patterns, but at least it, uh, the basses uh, have first and third position in there. So they know that in yes. this key, if they go to third position, they're going to be using a first finger or fourth finger or second finger or where, where are they going to be? And it just kind of yes. lines it out, uh, you know, for the visual kids, especially, it kind of just lines everything up and gives them that uh, a little bit more of an understanding of what things should look like and um, you know, obviously yes. we play, uh, finger patterns and things like that. So those will be coming out very soon. I'm going to be uploading those. Uh, so check out orchestrateacher.net. That'll be, uh, coming up in the next couple of days. That's great. Mm -hmm. So, so it sounds like you guys fared very well, um, during the pandemic. We did. Yeah. Yeah. We had about, um, 10 audition and nine made it. And the 10th was an alternate. So wonderful. A hundred percent is a pretty good yeah. percentage to have in a blind audition middle school orchestra. Wonderful. So I'm very happy about that. How did your numbers yeah. fare overall? Um, we, uh, we're at about a, like student enrollment, you mean? Yes, in yeah, our yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, our, the top two groups, uh, varsity and non-varsity, are sitting 35, 37. Okay. And the younger group were at, I think, 15. And it's weird. I added two new kids this week to my mm -hmm. level. And so I guess I'm up to 37 maybe. Um, but yeah, we average 100. Mm -hmm. um, and with COVID, 
we just kind of were like, well, okay, let's, let's see where we're at. And the fact that we still have kids coming to our district mid-year, that kind of shows that um, we are doing okay. And good. our fine arts director is very good about talking to us about our numbers and what do we want to look like and how do we get there. Um, so we have lost a few and it was the ones that were remote and maybe we didn't get that connection with them remotely mm-hmm. online. Um, but for mine, um, my remote kids, the majority of them are still with me. Good. So out of about 50 kids in the elementary realm last year, I probably got 40. Okay. So, you know. Um, I've kept most of them and um, they're either in my class or there are a couple that worked really hard and they're at the top level as a seventh grader. Great. And then um, even those that were remote last year that have come into the middle school program, they're at a place where they're reading better. Their position is good. The tone quality is, is really nice. So it's good to see them grow. Absolutely. Did you have yeah. a, a large number of students remote or... We are zero remote. No, that I mean, did, no, the, did you when when oh, it was, um, um, when it, when the, did they have a did you have a hybrid choice? Students have a choice. We didn't. We well, the hybrid, I guess, was you can do your remote learning at home, but you are allowed to come up for your sports and electives. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, at the middle school, it was the majority of my kids were in person. Wow, there were only a few that we would work on remotely. And then mid-year, about November, we started live streaming so you can see the conductor and the teacher and what's happening in the classroom. And you could hear the class, but you could only see me on the podium. Mm -hmm. Um, And that worked out. And then when we did our recording for our contest, we had a few that um, you had to come up and attend a certain number of rehearsals mm-hmm. in order to participate in the recording session. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they've done pretty well. Um, the elementary, um, I had a few that came back to school at semester. Um, but I, I maintained a weekly remote class with elementary um, all year with them. So they did see me, um, every week until that last week of school. Fantastic. Yeah. You're fortunate. I, I had, uh, as I mentioned in previous podcasts, only 15% of my students face to face and 85% were home. So there was a lot of learning loss, um, unfortunately, and it is nobody's fault except for COVID's fault. Uh, right. So, uh, we're, we're doing a good, you know, we're doing a great job catching, trying to catch up. It's going to take a little while, yeah. But uh, um, I will say that, you know, my favorite thing is actually just having students, one, and two, yeah. uh, their attitudes are great, and they're working hard, and they want to be there, and um, they're not taking it for granted, and as, you know, right. a, lot, a lot of students may yeah. have done that before before the pandemic, so um, they're, they're, they're very appreciative and uh, working yeah. hard, and, you know, that's that will get them far quickly. So yes. that's what's exciting. We had our first concert uh, this past week. Uh, we did it outdoors, not because we had to, but because um, we had a uniform, a little uniform issue. It took a little longer. So we had to postpone. And then by the time we did that, the auditorium was no longer available. So we did a uh, Symphony Under the Stars concert and it came out actually 
fantastic. We had a perfect night and um, we had a good crowd and it was just beautiful. We had this giant moon, almost a full moon right, right behind us. And it was, it was spectacular. So we were actually thinking about possibly uh, making that a yearly thing just because, but I don't know if we'll get lucky like that every year because, you know, it is Georgia and we have rain or snow or, or, you know, or excessive or excessive heat. It could be any of those in October. So, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good time, though, to be outside. I am always the worrier. And it's like, OK, we can plan an outdoor concert. And then I'm just like, I'm having nightmares about it's going to rain on us. I know it. And mm-hmm. so we haven't tried it. But I know that one of our middle schools did do an outdoor performance last spring mm. and it worked out for them. Yeah. So um, we have a harbor area that with restaurants and, and sailboat rides and stuff. And so the high schools have kind of a festival and they go out and perform and there's an amphitheater right on the water. And mm. so we end up with a lot of uh, people that come out for those. That, that's great. So it is. It's nice. That's great. So what do you see, um, you know, for the future this year? Um, is there, are there anything, are you guys traveling or do you have any other big plans or, um, you know, big concerts or things that you're doing in your classroom that have just really worked for you? Um, maybe that, you got from the pandemic or you, you know, or something like that, anything that you want to share with our audience? Well, I've noticed um, being in contact with the parents really helped because our seventh grade parents at the middle school have not dealt with concerts in our performing arts centers yet. They haven't dealt with uniforms. And so um, using remind and emails and in just letting them know we had a great rehearsal today and um, thank you for your kids. They really enjoy hearing from us mm-hmm. and any needs that we have like dry erase markers or tissues or something that, you know, I just send out a quick email and, and they're responsive. So good. Uh, continual email with or communication with parents is, has worked out really well. Um, and just seeing how far we can challenge our children um, to try and get to that next level. And, so far, it's worked out really well. I, you never know. Every group of kids, uh, group of kids are different, and um, getting to know them on a personal level, and then having that um, trust mm-hmm. that when you're on the podium, they have eye contact with you. They are nodding head. Yes, I understand what you're doing. Nonverbal cues and all that. That is starting to show up. Very. Um, you can easily see it. And I mm-hmm. can't wait to see the recording of our fall concert to see how they, what it looks like when I have their eyes and they know exactly how I'm going to conduct and wanting to be the best that they can be. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't wait for this next Friday. Oh, good. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, communication important. You said you're using email and then remind. Um, I use that as well. Um, can you tell us just real quick about that? If if teachers have not used uh, that website before, that tool before. Wow. Um, It's been a godsend for me because it is a texting program. The parents and kids of a certain age can enroll in this and I can just send out a quick text. Like we're going to have a before school rehearsal 
and it goes to their phones. If there are parents that don't do cell phones for whatever reason, they can use their email address and receive an email right when I send it out. Um, and that is an immediate way to get all of your parents at one time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and so I highly suggest that. Yeah. Remind.com and sign up. It's free. You can yes. create classes and you can send it out to individual students uh, and you're not using your cell phone number, which is a good thing. Yes. <laughs> and you can that. turn on your replies. So if they have a question, they will contact you and then you can get back with them when you're able. But yeah, your phone is not ringing off the hook ever, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, yeah, and you can set up, I think you can set up office hours in there too. So uh, if it's after hours, it'll send them a message back saying they're out of the office, but they'll get back to you. Uh, so yeah. it's a it's a great tool. If, if you're not using it, um, definitely check it out. It's totally, yeah. totally uh, worth it and uh, not hard to set up and very easy to get everybody uh, signed up as well. Yes. Yeah. Now, do you use Canvas or any kind of online educational program for remote? Yes, we use Microsoft Teams, which okay. I, I am not a fan of, but um, have come to uh, have to embrace uh, because I have to. So, yeah. uh, and, and it's working. And you know, we're uh, the great thing is I don't have to use it as much because we're not having to do classes on it or remote or anything like that. So it's it's just yeah. for you know putting the assignments up, notes out, yes. messages out, um, that kind of th- that kind of thing. So yeah, we are using that, and I can post files and whatever I need to do. So, it, and it works and it's gotten better over mm-hmm. uh, since we started using it a, a couple of years ago. So, yeah. 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 Well, we've used Canvas mm-hmm. and they gave us a tutorial at the, in the summer again, to refresh our memory on how it works. And I ended up using it as a good uh, assessment tool where I put the assignment in and they are able to record onto the computer and it comes right to me. So that has been a great resource for assessments when you don't want to spend a number of days listening yes. to kids yep. um, in class. So you maximize your classroom time by using this. And um, I've done one test so far, but I will use surveys. I will send them questions, say, hey, go to Canvas and answer these questions to let me know where you're at. Yeah. So I know how to help you better. That's and, fantastic. Yeah. yeah that, that, that formative uh, or that 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 um, collecting the data so you can, you know, see where they are uh, is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I'm using a Flipgrid um, in a similar way, you know, for for videos and uh, it organizes them nicely and um, allows me to watch them quickly, loads everything really quickly. Yeah. Um, and uh, video in Teams has not been uh, very good. Oh. Okay. So uh, just takes too long to load it doesn't the compression's not good and there's microsoft stream but it just again it's not up to the not up to the task so um flipgrid has kind of been the answer um, for me and has worked pretty well but it's the same way Uh you know not having to to spend a lot of time uh in class listening to students and uh just putting up uh having students do some practice on there as well just record a sample of your practice and give me your goals uh, that's the, we call it, I call it the practice vlog. So they're doing, yes. they're, look, they're talking to the camera uh, like they're on a vlog and, hey, Dr. Laux, I'm working on this piece, working on these measures. Here's my goal. I'm trying to, you know, either shifting or intonation or tone or whatever it might be. Uh, yeah. And then they're, they're telling me what they want to do. And then they, they practice for five minutes and I tell them that it should never, uh, it should never sound good. You're not, not putting on a performance. You're just literally right. practicing. So it should sound like you should be going back and slowing down and 
doing all those uh, all the strategies we talk about in in class and not uh, necessarily just performing. So, uh, right, and that's exactly. a good. It's a great formative grade for them. And um, if I I can I don't watch. It's a five minute video, but I don't watch all five minutes. There's no way I could. Right. So I watched the beginning and see what they're going to do. And I kind of hop and skip through the video and yeah. pick a couple spots. And it's just neat to see that progression. Yes. And you yeah. get to see their thought processes mm-hmm. while they do that, which to me, that's the one thing that I want to dive into a little bit more. Um, I've set up kind of a survey about how you practice and goals and the purposes of doing it and repetition and, um, when you have a brain block, what do you do kind of thing? And so I need to, I'm going to research that a little bit more uh, the, the rest of this semester so that I can gauge how they're practicing and um, especially for contest season, what can we improve on? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to getting into their minds a little bit more if they let me. <laughs> right, right. Middle schoolers, so and, we'll you know, see. middle school is where they're really starting to develop um, and getting into good habits. Then um, yes. I, I've noticed, you know, my students who who um, audition for and make my higher orchestras, uh, even if they're not taking lessons, they're the mm-hmm. ones who have that thought process of here's how I can get better. Here's what I really need to do as opposed to students uh, who maybe aren't as, as skilled and it's not necessarily how much they practice or their skills. It's just how they think about what they're doing yes. and how they go about it. Uh, that makes a big difference. So just training, training them to understand the process um, yeah. and that will develop the results rather than, well, you're just good. You know, no, that doesn't, there are kids who are just good, um, very talented, but there's most of them are the ones who are developing those good habits. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that there's a natural inquisitiveness. And so um, if I and I notice it with the top level kids as well, that they know, OK, that didn't sound right. So they figure out why it's happening without saying this Pendleton, why is it happening? They're able to play through things and figure out from their left hand, right hand position maybe why it's happening this way. And they're the type of kids that are going to try different things to figure it out. And I love those kids. Mm-hmm. They they just, they want to try and they're going to figure things out, That's you know, right. scientifically, they're going to figure it out and it's just nice to see. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Angela, it's just been so great to catch up with you and, um, you know, it's been a long time since we've like really had an in-depth orchestra chat. So, uh, yes. and probably decades, <laughs> honestly. Right. I know. know it's been like 20 years. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's great when I get to see you and others that maybe I went to college with that are doing different things and just catching up to see where you're mm-hmm. at now. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast, um, sharing all your your wonderful ideas and your um, your thoughts and uh, your experiences uh, with us because uh, you know all of all of you orchestra teachers out there uh, we all know that sometimes it feels like you're the only one um, or you're not sure if you're here or there or well what are my kids doing or how does this you know is this only happening in my school um, you know right. we ha- we all have different places that we're in and uh, but at the same time uh, it's neat to hear others perspectives and others experiences. So I really appreciate you coming on today, taking your time to, uh, to join us. 
Thank you. It was so fun to talk. Absolutely. So um, that concludes another episode of the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Uh, This is Charles Laux. I'm signing off for today. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening. To find resources and more information, visit our website at www.orchestrateacher.net.